2: This is The Reality Is, and I'm your host, Anthony Roberts,
4: and on this week's podcast, we discuss the gang shooting in Waco and how the media reported it with a slant. We have Bieber Shavery with us in the studio to tell us how she got the name as the Dallas Hope Diller, and she sticks around with us to talk whiskey badge and to be or not to be freaky and more on this week's episode of The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct.
0: Man, I'm good. Good. Celebrated the fifth year anniversary last night with the wife. Uh, uh, good. congratulations, brother. Yes, sir. That which explains the why I wheeled in here in a wheelchair today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
4: kidding. Hey, <laughs> got hey, him. Yeah, yeah, got him. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. We was messing with him last night, sitting in some pictures and everything about, uh, you know, Monica uh, benching him and curling him. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? For sexual positions. But, you know, hey, it's an anniversary. That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, if you don't do it the right way, you ain't doing it at all. That's right. That's right. Man, so um, we got a great show coming up for you today, man. We're going to have to interview B. Machavery, the Dallas Hope dealer. She'll be here within the next 15 minutes. You guys should enjoy that conversation. We're also going to address the gang shootout in Waco. I'm um, trying to talk about the d- misrepresentation of the media and how they portray blacks and whites when it comes to crime. We're going to also talk about over and under, which is basically getting under someone else to get over a significant other that you recently broke up with. Mm. And then we talked about uh, whiskey badge. We're going to talk about whiskey badge, like we (laughs) said last week. You know, they always get on the guys about whiskey dick. So we're going to hit it up on whiskey badge. And girls, don't trip about it. Hey, it's all right. You know, shit happens. We're also going (laughs) to talk about to be or not to be freaky. And that's how to interact with a sexual partner who may not be as sexual as you is it a deal breaker is it a deal breaker and you know we're going to talk about some possible topics for next week well you know we're gonna to have to hit you with one of those old um what is that nigga name from uh uh boxing man
0: the dude like, hey, Rocky! Oh, that's a long cliffhanger,
4: right? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I, I went blank for a minute, man. I was trying to tie it in my mind, to tie it together to make it work. Uh, but no, we got a great show coming up, man. But uh, you know, what is the weather like out there in San Antonio, man? Uh, it's a little
2: humid, man, but uh, it's not. It's hot, like it, like it gets around the June, July time frame. So it's cool, man. We're actually. At the JW Marriott down here, about to have brunch. Yeah, looking at the golf course, man.
4: It's pretty nice. Is it some sunshine out there?
2: You know, it's peeking out. It's peeking out for sure.
0: Well, that's nice, man. Cause it ain't none here. Yeah, it's gloomy it's here. Still, if I was depressed
4: today, man, it'd listen, be a bad day
0: for I'm me. Trying to tell you, it's, it's still right. rainy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, but that's
4: it's a, it's a little murky. But we're gonna take a quick break, pay some bills, and next time we come back.
0: May the optimism of tomorrow be your foundation for today. Face,
1: uh, sunshine, uh, I, can't lie. Lie.
0: I can't lie, I feel quite phenomenal today, babe. Yeah. Sunshine, yeah.
4: Want me, to say just <laughs> Want me to say just wanna wanna that new black soul. soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that new black soul. So uh, I was like, how is it a game shooting? Niggas is on their text. I mean, on their cell phone, mm-hmm. texting. Nobody's in the handcuffs that I
0: saw. Right, people sitting on, on sitting the on the curb, yeah. chilling,
4: like it's a routine
0: stop. Right, or a check. Right. I I I, I didn't. The images, that. dog. I saw that and and even before I saw that, because I think I just saw that like yesterday or the day before. Yeah. But when it happened, because it happened what earlier in the week or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think it was around. It was, yeah, it was yeah. I know it was okay. early in the week, and uh, the first headline I saw. Well, all the, all the articles I saw basically painted it as a tragedy. Yeah, not and not that it's not. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't hear thug. I didn't
4: hear outside of the Hispanic woman who called him a thug. You know, when, because they did an interview, and it, I think her son and her husband was in the right. in Twin Peaks, and she was like, "These thugs, these gangsters, think they could just shoot up the place." But like, like that was a civilian. But what you're right. talking about is I'm how talking the media about from it. like Correct. media
0: news anchors, Correct. these kinds of people um, who who the the language is just completely different, different. dog. And yeah. it, it you can't ignore the the assumptions that people bring about certain groups of people. No. It's blatant because no. it comes out in the language. And, yeah. I mean, if that if that would have – even the headlines, if that would have been a the Crips in the Bloods. Black would have been the black first Black would have been all over it. Thugs would have been all over it. You know, terrorism and all that kind of stuff. Black on black, stuff. how they black kill each, black each crime, other. Black on black crime, right. And I think I, it might have been you uh, when we were talking earlier this week or I might have seen a headline or something that talked about you've not seen one thing that said white on white crime. Not at all. So, I mean, it's it's just – it's unfortunate, man. And
4: uh, the first bullet point we wanted to address was what's the difference in how the media represents that in, uh, the incidents between white and black? And, I, I mean, for me personally, I think the biggest thing, man, is like the one thing that I didn't like, first of all, before I get into that, is like I know how the police department of Waco blamed Twin Peaks and its management. Right. Because they were like, oh, we told these guys that this would probably happen. They shouldn't have allowed them to meet there. Well, right. first of all, it's losing money. Right. That that business is losing money if they do not allow them to right. be there. I mean, right. they probably this is probably something they do every now and again. Right. You know, everybody knows bikers. Are, you know, they always have these little conventions and meetups. Yeah. You know, I understand. You know, the police wanting them to be leery of it, but honestly, it's the police's damn job to to kind of you know uh, mediate what happens in that city and in that town.
0: Right, and I mean, you think about how heavy how heavily policed poor black communities are. Yes. And 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 one of the police chiefs came on the air and was talking about um, on the news was talking about that these are known gang you know known rival gang members. If you know that, then the policing at this establishment needs to be heavy. Yeah, it needs to be. (laughs) And then they even told.
4: I'll say I'll
2: say this because I've done a lot of reading on this on this on this uh, issue, and the police actually went to Twin Peaks and asked them, "Hey, can you like stop having these biker type nights because they have." biker Sundays. So the police went to them and said, can you please stop? And, you know, they can't make Pikes Peak not do what they do because they're a private business. And Pikes Peak said, no, we're not going to stop. Yeah. So I would say the area had a lot of police there because the police responded pretty quickly.
1: Like, right. they
2: were already on site. And really, it was a shootout. I mean, it was like an old western shootout
1: <laughs> right. between the
2: gangs and each other yeah. and then the police in the gang. Yeah. So I will say, like, y'all yeah, yeah, were talking earlier, I think we we already know the game, guys. We already know. Yeah. Like, we already know that there's going to be a media slant. Yeah. We know they're not going to cover it equally. But I will say, um, in some of the articles I read, and even a, an article I read that addressed that lack of, I guess, uh, equality in With, media coverage. Right, I yeah. mean, they they termed it a massacre. They talked, I mean, I looked at CNN, they had a picture of every single guy, you know, that got yeah, arrested. Yeah, right. so I think, you know, they might not use the same terminology, but it, I don't look at it as like, it's so much racial disparity because I mean it's not every day that I mean there was a hundred and some people that got arrested, so it's not like they were just like not enforcing the law. No, and, it, and, it's, not, and it's not like they're not showing like who did it. No, and, literally. But the
4: wording when you, had, But when you use verbiage, man, it's power behind those words. Like you're you're right about what you're saying. Yeah, they put it out there like they do any other black place, but to use words, it's just like. It's just like if somebody, and this is going to be off subject, but in in line with it. It's just like if I told you and I described a girl to you that I wanted to hook you up with. And if I said, um, she's cool, she's laid back, she's chill, you know, whatever the case may be. Not to be funny, you may think she ain't attractive you may think she may be fat Mm -hmm. but if I say man she got nice hair she got a nice ass she got some nice titties even without describing her face you can be like I'm a little bit more interested in that so when you describe it in the media as a massacre or a tragedy it's like yeah it happened but it's like damn look what happened to those families look what happened to this but when it's you know the way they relay the message when it's black the words and terminologies they use people automatically think niggas are always killing themselves and turn down their community like so yeah they're painting that picture with the picture that we see but the, the power of hearing and what you say across the air it also has an effect and, I, and that's why i say i get what you're saying but the words do mean something and when they downplay those words or use more empathy and sympathetic to the situation people become more worried about the families that died and the people that they showed on there who were saying my husband was in there and you know and, and like i say being a media and a communications major bro that shit matters man
2: well, and and, I, and like I, I addressed it at the beginning, I said we already know the game. Yeah, we know that there's exactly. going to be not equal coverage. We understand that. Correct. Right. I guess all I was trying to say is, you know, understanding. So, like, I do think they were covering it. I guess as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I, did, I I saw flowery words about them. I will say they did give the families more of a chance to defend to, yeah. the people within the gangs. You know, like one of the kids was like. Uh, my dad's not a thug, right? But it's not, you know, for us, we don't get that opportunity to yeah. to defend and say, hey, just, these kids aren't thugs. Or Michael Brown isn't what they're trying to portray him and yeah. you know, with these pictures and stuff like that. And I agree in that sense. And it, it you know, what do you do? How do yeah. how do you, how do we fix that? I think we need more. Venues of media of our own, correct.
0: Uh, that's a good to be point. able
2: to give our own, I guess, spin on what we see, yeah. because I guess as far as our media is concerned, like the only, you know, black-owned media stations don't really cover political commentary. No, no. Right.
4: So, no. And like I said, and, and what I was saying was more so for just the listeners. Like I, you know, we talk about it all the time. So I definitely understand and know that you get it. Um, it was brought to my attention too earlier this week that one of the bikers uh, was a former cop and he's black so that kind of started picking up a lot of steam you know the fact that it was a black biker who used to be a police officer and and for a little bit it seemed like the news became more focused on him because he's black and used to be a cop outside of the whole incident that really happened as a whole
0: yeah and i see i didn't even i wasn't even aware of that man after after the first you know chris talked about the article that was written i think it was was the was it a cnn contributor that wrote that article chris if you remember, yeah, I
2: think
0: so. yeah, yeah, I think it was a, a CNN. I can't remember her name. but It was excellent. It was yeah. an excellent written article. And after I read that one, man, I I stopped. I stopped keeping up with it. Yeah. So I'm not even familiar with. And like 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 Chris was saying, it probably was, um, especially after the initial headlines and yeah. initial releases. I'm sure that there were some news stations, probably MSNBC, yeah. CNN, that intentionally tried to you know try to make it more representative but uh i no, i had no idea that that this that there was a former uh black officer you know a black yeah. officer and biker and because that was the first question it's interesting that was the first question i had when i heard about what happened i was uh, like okay who was involved yeah and when i didn't hear certain language i kind of could infer who was involved and who wasn't yeah. involved but it when i first saw the a picture i thought i saw a couple black dudes yeah and I was like But then when I look back It, it wasn't So I was just Because there are some black uh, Biker gang, yeah. Not gangs Gangs but people Yeah Because I mean Yeah my father-in-law Likes to do the biker trips And stuff like that With a couple of his buddies Yeah um, But I mean So yeah man it's it's just It was interesting And it was a lot of rumors Behind it too Because I know They were saying actually, that, Go ahead Chris uh,
2: Go ahead I was going to say I actually looked through Every single picture And of I think It was 160 something Yeah There were three black dudes
4: There were yeah. three, there black, three dudes?
2: black dudes out of yeah, I was there. Yeah. I got you.
4: And they were saying they kind of kicked off our, the, the shootout spark because uh, it was a rival gang that was in town, and, yeah, they had to meet up. And I don't know how true it is, but they were saying that it was like um, where they came in town and they were doing something on their territory, and they were like, right. hey, well, for the time that you're here, you have to pay dues to be able to use this area, this, these facilities and so on and so forth. And the first thing I thought, I was like, these niggas is reenacting sons of anarchy. In this right, <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know, Dude, they, they, trying to, they trying to live out their dreams of Jackson. Right. I was like, man, right. yeah, but it, I mean, it, you know, and like I say, as much as it's, we're talking about that side of the racial part, like for me, I, I mean, I do have empathy for the families who suffered losses. Cause I couldn't even imagine being in a restaurant and niggas shooting out like the okay crowd. Like, bro, I'm, I mean, you just and and like like Chris said, it was it was it was a massacre. It was a bloodbath. What they say, like nine people, nine people died, died and died, a whole yeah. bunch was injured. And right. you know, you shooting out with the cops, man. It's just it's, it's uh, and like I say, I think the cops did a good job of corralling it and getting it and being able to stop it. My whole no. issue was, like I say, just being a media minded person and a communications major. It's just I hate the way they paint the picture. And not to be funny, I don't give a damn if the dudes who were sitting there with cell phones didn't shoot or had a gun. You're guilty by association, so I need all y'all on the ground, hands behind your back. Because, I mean, like I say, as being a black man, that happens to us as a routine stop for a light with eight cops on one car. So I just want to see a little bit more. You know, I just would like to have seen the police in some form or fashion show some equality on how they treat criminals. Not black or white. You are a criminal. I don't have a problem, you know, with a, a police officer harassing somebody who has you know a history of doing these things or a history of violence or actually committing a crime right. just my whole thing is just be equal across the board right not you know not because of color we want to make sure it's painted differently and a lot of people who listen or who are not in media or who are not black or have experienced these things sometimes you know they'll be like man you know it's a little bit too far wise race and everything because you know what race is in everything it plays a part People are, you know, they're shaped. Their mindsets are shaped by, you know, what they see on TV and the things that we hear. So, well, know, and, yeah. a, and, and I mean. One what? of the
2: crazy things, uh, this is just kind of on topic but not in the same lines. Mm-hmm. They recovered like over a thousand weapons.
1: Yeah. Firearms. Wow.
2: Yeah. That's the that's the side of the crime. Like, they were hiding. It was crazy. They were hiding guns and flour, like flower bags. Yeah. That it is was crazy. A thousand firearms. This is crazy to me. I'm telling you, man.
4: Wow. Sounds like
0: anarchy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. Chris talked about it earlier. It was like it was like an old western shootout. Yeah. And you know when you talked about the influence that media has on people, I mean we can't we can't we can't act as though that these shows um, these shows don't shake. I mean, yeah. Breaking Bad. Man, I'm, I guarantee there were some people that, listen, I thought about yeah. uh, going back to school to, uh, for a chemistry yeah. To, yeah. degree, shaving my head. And, look at it, up, look at it, up, really. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. about trying to cook me some methamphetamines after real, watching Walter White. Well, he was cold.
4: Exactly, exactly. Well, we're going to take a quick break, man. We hope you guys are enjoying the show thus far. When we come back, we will be enjoying being savory. and. Uh, it. mike will move that move that dope. They move that nigga move that dope. move that move
2: that dope. move that dope. move that nigga move that dope. nigga move that move that dope. move that dope, move that
4: We want to thank all of our listeners for their contributions to the show thus far. We do this show for you guys, and you consistently show your appreciation through donations and your listenership. It means a lot to us here at The Reality Is for your voluntary contribution. If you haven't donated and you would like to do so, just go to www.therealityis.com. That's www.therealityis.com, And at the bottom of the homepage, click on PayPal and donate now. Also, on July 25th from 6 to 10 p.m., The Reality Is will be shooting live from Absinthe Lounge in Dallas, Texas. You can purchase your ticket at www.therealityis.com. Again, that's www.therealityis.com. All you have to do is scroll down and on the right side of the page, click Upcoming Events and purchase your ticket now while there's still time. We look forward to seeing you guys there. We doing good. We doing good, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, okay. I am Beema Shavery and I'm originally from Dallas. Mm-hmm. I've traveled a lot of places. I created a blog about five or six years ago. Yeah. I, I didn't intend for the blog to go anywhere. It was just my place to vent yeah. and right. to be able to just get things out that yeah. I couldn't talk to people about. And then all of a sudden, people started finding the blog and reading my story and listening to my story. And it allowed me to meet so many people. And eventually I created a documentary because it was so many issues that people would deal with, that they would tell me about that they never talked about to people. Because in society, there are so many things that are taboo that you just can't talk about. So I created the documentary, and it was tattoo, the tattoo campaign. And it was talking about things others oppose. When I created that, I had every intention of pushing elements that people had not touched on because Mm -hmm. in our society, it is difficult to talk about a lot of things. So when I created the film, unbeknownst to me, over like 30 people reached out to me. Houston's Miss Mikey reached out to me. And I just felt overwhelmed at first because I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this platform. All I wanted to do was hear people's story and we touched on domestic violence we talked about molestation we talked about um religion we talked about insecurities we talked about everything that you bullying everything that you could think about we touched base on so it actually got me to this place because people heard from my film
4: yeah wow and that's important man um I'll let Gary start the interview in just a second. But I think that's important because that's kind of why we built the show that we did. The reality is, especially right. amongst the black community, people do not like to address real topics. Right. We don't want to talk about sex. We oh. don't want to talk about if somebody was touched when they were little. And it's those things that need to be talked about because, hell, we already know black people don't like to go to therapy either because we don't want to <coughs> be seen as crazy. Right. So, I mean, I, I you know, I commend you
0: on doing that. We're glad Thank you me. got that started. And, Gary, you got it from here, bro. So I was looking through your blog and i was thoroughly thoroughly impressed um you have a really awesome story um so i want to be i want to let the listeners be able to hear some of that story so the first question i have is who is who is the dallas hope dealer who is she <laughs> if you had to introduce her to people who have never heard of her before tell me tell me who she is
3: well the dallas hope dealer was a name that i didn't even give myself mm. i was getting my logo recreated and she a lady had a campaign going on the hero campaign and she read my story she felt like she wanted to work with me and she sent me this shirt and it was the neighborhood hero and she said that because of my mission and because of the things that i'm doing at 30 years old things that i that people could never dream of doing i guess she felt like i should take the title the dallas hope dealer yeah at first I was like, oh that's cute, you know. Right, okay, thank right. you. And she said, "No, seriously, because you what you're doing is giving hope yeah. to the hopeless. You're selling hope." And she said coming from a background that you come from, right. it's imperative that people feel like they are able to feel like there is hope yeah. out there. There is opportunity to be anything no matter what you've been through. Right. So it kind of stuck. Right. And then I just took on the title. That's the best way to sum up everything that I've done. Just hope that's it.
4: What you gotta say, Chris?
2: I'm sad I'm not in the studio today because I'm a hope addict.
4: I heard his background sounded like somebody was screaming. I felt like I was in a,
0: uh, one of the most scary movies. <laughs> hey, Chris, you still there? I need, yeah. some, of that. I need
2: some of that hope, man. <laughs>
0: so you, talk, you talked a little bit about, uh, especially given your background and, and what you've experienced, what you've come through to find hope in your own life and then to be able to extend that to others. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, Ooh,
3: as I, much as yeah. you, as much as you care to,
0: because obviously, you know, we don't, you know, you don't have to share anything that you don't want no, to. No, I'm but, open, book. Yeah. I.
3: Okay, it depends on what part you need, You want me to start it um, from. Um, teenage years up or from like 21. Well, I would
4: guess, now? I mean for him like I think like, what did, like he was saying what did you kind of get the confidence in, in your beliefs from? Like I know like you were saying on the blog you talk about things that you went through from loss and mm-hmm. loss of love loss mm-hmm. of family members. Like, right. and And through all of that loss like how did you still find hope or find that confidence to be who you are? Like did you have a mentor? Was it something like a turning point in your life that made you feel like hey right. I need to start doing this. Right.
3: I believe, okay, before I was 21 years old, I had lost two babies. My husband went to prison and I lost my father. So, as the oldest child in your family, a lot of responsibility is on on you. you. And on top of me dealing with the burden of losing my father, unexpectedly, I had to also deal with losing my husband who was in prison fighting a sentence, you know, for defending our lives. So, it made me. Re- become an introvert yeah. I became right. very very like in a shell really didn't want to talk to anyone because no one understood at 21 years old you don't people don't have those experiences right. so right. it was difficult for me to talk to people but through everything I found myself in the in entertainment industry and I was always concerned with the soul of people even in the midst of my turmoil I was always like how can I help somebody yeah. and I hit rock bottom when I went back to familiarity. Like I just wanted to be in the streets, I wanted to drink all the time, I wanted to party, I wanted to just release. And so I sort of, I started to write out my feelings. And when I started to write out my feelings, I saw that I pulled myself, like I would, religion did not help me. I'm not a religious person. I'm very, very spiritual. Um, it built my character and my connection with who I believe in is God, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is what pulled me. No human being yeah. in itself. I believe that, you know, God sent certain people into my life and those different people in those different situations are what contributed to me pulling myself out of the situations that I was in. I and that. when I got out of it, you know, I never forgot where I'd been. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to help those people. I wanted to help people who felt like they didn't have that strength. They yeah. didn't know where to look or how to get out of it. So it was sort of a different, certain things played a part in pulling me out. It wasn't a specific, specific person. person. Right. It was more of just life, you right. know, life right. and finding me, finding, to you know, God deep inside of me and pulling myself and constantly just wanting to be better because I felt like I got so much more to live for. I have, yeah. you know, I t- attempted suicide. You know, it, it's not. But in our communities, you can't talk about no, things. No, right, exactly. You know, who do you tell? Hey, um, I'm feeling so depressed. I feel like you know I'm going through all this, and I just want I don't want to live anymore. You yeah. can't. No one. No. Yeah. No church. No preacher no Church evangelist pray it away right everything on, is prayed away yeah. but it literally takes more than pray. that right and yeah. you could sit and pray but when you are drowning in your own thoughts
0: praying you know, is gonna make that worse
3: exactly that's exactly what it yeah. does it makes it worse and it causes you to feel like oh man i'm a failure yeah the world hates me I, there can't be a god if if i'm feeling if I'm like feeling this, this about way. myself right. and so to be your yeah. honest unapologetic Dirty truth. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to face those things about yourself and know that the strength is deep within you. Yeah. And I
4: think the, the tricky part about prayer, getting off the subject a little bit, is normally when we pray, especially at our lowest points, we expect change. Mm-hmm. Like right now, mm-hmm. right then change. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't happen, That's when we really start doubting, And, of course, like you said, if you talk to church or a pastor or something like that, I mean, they're going to still tell you to pray. And that's what I like about Gary, you know, because he's in that industry Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, in the ministry. But he has a different mindset than most preachers. He's not the traditional uh, conservative type preacher. And he understands that. You know, yeah, you have to pray. It's good yeah. to pray, but mm-hmm. you have to have somebody like your friends or your family right. around you. And then, honestly, at the end of, at the end of the day, you got to give yourself a old swift kick in the ass and right. get up and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I, I like that you said that.
3: Yeah, meditation also helped me a yeah. lot because for me, meditation was l- like listening you pray you're asking you're talking you're you're the one that's vocal but when you're meditating you're mostly listening you're listening to what you think you just pray for what is it that you really want and you're able to sit in your thoughts and actually think it out brainstorm it out if you say you know just to be able to get a different outlook and a peace about yourself because there's enough going on you have to have peace within yourself so yeah
0: I'm really intrigued. Anthony talked about a little bit about how I'm, you know, engaged. I'm a, I'm a minister in the Baptist tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a PhD student in theology, and I'm very critical of religion. So I was intrigued by this. You, you're, you seem to be critical of religion, and at the same time, you seem to be a person of great faith. Mm-hmm. Um, the faith not in the sense of any specific faith but faith in the sense of a kind of a deep rooted spirituality of a, a faith in God and so I just want to hear you talk about that a little bit if there were any experiences that you had because I know some of, a lot of our listeners you know, we've talked about religion before and some of the sticky points of religion and people have a lot of feedback on that kind of stuff and there's a lot of mess and especially African American churches I mean there, there are a few that, that are good but the overwhelming majority would tell you to pray it away mm-hmm. would not refer people to mental health services when they when they're presenting kind of issues would not you know t- talk to somebody about you know you're in an abusive marriage but what God brought together, let no let no man or woman tear us. So, I yeah. mean that kind of stuff. And I'm
4: thinking about churches because you know <clears throat> they won't even send you to somebody who's licensed or has a degree. it will be a, a, a excuse my language a mm. fucking usher. Yeah, no, you know, you're right. Go over there, the sister, right there with the white gloves on, holding the fans. <laughs> well, in the back yeah. of the and you're
0: right. And and even if they <laughs> do send it? you somewhere, a lot of them will send you to Christian counselors, exactly, which are not required to be certified or licensed as professional counselors. They're just they get a little certificate and they can use the Bible, (laughs) you know, to try to fix. So so I just want to hear you talk a little bit about that, man. What significant experiences that you had that 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 helped you realize that this thing we call religion, this human construction called religion sometimes doesn't get it done. Mm -hmm. You know,
3: I didn't. Okay, my mom's side of the family. my mom went to Catholic school. My grandmother went to Baptist church. And my grandmother and my dad's side of the family, my dad's side of the family is Church of Christ. So when you okay. are in the middle, because I had an aunt flat out tell me, you're going to Baptist church, you are going to hell. Right. Straight, just straight like that. Right. And I've always right. been a rebel, you know, so mm-hmm. I've always wondered... Why? How can you tell me mm-hmm. that I'm going to go to hell because my beliefs are not as yours? We still believe that there is a God. I just like music. Right. You know? Exactly. I just, I like right. to hear music. And I would challenge her on that. Right. 14 years old, I would ask her, okay, so it's okay for you to listen to Kirk Franklin in the car, but I can't listen to drums and saxophones and all of these percussions in the church. What is the difference? Mm-hmm. And she, you have this stigma of don't ask questions right, in exactly. the church. You cannot exactly. ask why something. Right. Even if it's something in the Bible that you don't understand, you cannot ask questions. You're supposed to just believe. Mm-hmm. I've always had a problem believing me things too. that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so you can't force something on me. So I actually took, you know, I took my time and read the Bible myself. I read, it was so bad that a guy, a Muslim guy, was working and he came up to me and he gave me the Quran. Mm-hmm. And when you are around so much family who is so structured on Church of Christ, that is like the devil's book. Yeah. Okay? So <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't touch it. I left it on the elevator and I went back to work and I felt so bad. Like right. I was like, why am I so afraid to right. read a book, you know? Right. So I went back and luckily it was there. I read I got the book and I read it. And I started comparing the stories and I started reading it from my own understanding and they have so many similarities it's just from a different perspective and like I tell people all the time it doesn't matter what your religion is that is not your relationship that is the place you choose to worship that is the way the structure you feel more comfortable worshiping that does not mean that I don't believe in God because I don't believe as you do Right. and so I went through this entire transition. I started meeting people. I met a guy who's agnostic. I met another guy who, you know, he was atheist. Mm-hmm. And you know, in Christian background, you feel like those okay, words
4: sound bad. Yeah, You're y'all wrong.
3: are just y'all just yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all, just, yeah, y'all devil's <laughs> advocates. You know, so <laughs> I was like, no, I listen to them. I've always been a person that listens. I, I don't have a problem coexisting. I can go coexist co-ex- with a monkey as long as the monkey don't bite me. You know, I don't <laughs> really care. Yeah. So. I was listening, and I listened to it, and based, uh, all of it is all about perspective. It's all about their life experiences, right. what they've experienced. Everyone's not taught structuring Christianity or right. whatever. And so my research took me even further back to before the Holy Bible, like mm-hmm. took me back to Mayotte and took me all the way back to what occurred 400,000 years prior, like in it's the same thing right. like everything there are so many different things and there's research for everything that you believe in so when you're open you learn more because yeah. you're not so set on this is how it has to be right. this is what I'm supposed to believe in and when you are stuck in tradition you don't grow and so I was forced by my own experiences because I couldn't talk to people in church about my experiences. I couldn't talk to people it's about good. being 17, 18 years old and now you're married and your husband is now in prison, he's labeled a thug. So So
4: so with that and that's what I wanted to ask you about. So how did you get past that? Like like with him going to jail mm-hmm. and I just and diving into the relationship aspect how did you deal with that Like you said He went to jail For protecting you mm-hmm. So that has to be hard Because when he goes to jail You have to have Still feel some sort of Commitment to him mm-hmm. Because he wasn't Wrongfully Right Put in prison Right So then you have to deal with loneliness and then i'm sure after losing your father that would be somebody you would talk to about that Mm -hmm. you don't have him to talk about what you should do as a woman as a wife to be loyal to a man who's behind bars Mm -hmm. and if just i don't know hypothetically got 10 years Mm -hmm. 10 years is a long time to be by yourself Mm -hmm. regardless of how you know you're tied together through matrimony and, and 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 vows under god like how did you deal with that
3: um my father passed away the day before thanksgiving in 05 yeah he went to prison in February 2006, and wow. I didn't have time to grieve for my father. I right. didn't even have time to pull everything together. By April, I had lost our second baby. It was like so many Jeez. things thrown at me. Yeah. And the day he went to, to jail, I literally, like, this This started my love-hate relationship with the media because literally the news, I was the only person there, yeah. you know. No one asked my opinion about what happened. And they had this story. He was a mass murderer. He, you know, just killed people. And I'm sitting, I'm like, no. Like, I've known this guy, been with this guy since I was 12 years old. The only guy that ever, my first everything. Yeah. At 21 years old, I know who this person is. Mm-hmm. You can't, and the media painted him into be a total different person. Wow. So had I not known him, and the only thing I knew of the situation was what I saw on the news, and people's opinions then I would have had a total different perspective of the situation mm-hmm. but because I was in it it caused me to be even more introverted yeah. because now I have to fight and protect what I know him to be right as well as stand up and not look like I'm folding in front of a world who wants me to right. I had to stand up I had to fight I had to go get lawyers I had to you hmm. know battle every single thing that a 21-year-old should not have to battle mm-hmm. when it's so easy for other people to say, just walk away. He's right. bad for you. Why are you even there? But because I knew him and I knew the spirit of him, the, the man himself, I couldn't and I right. didn't. So I literally went into a shell and plotted my way out. The right. only way I knew how, you know, stubbornness, rebel, yeah, went against everything I'd ever known just to stand and defend and that's why we got married because i felt like you're not alone it was more of a this is my you're my best friend in the entire world beyond being oh i love you it's it's beyond that it's my loyalty to you goes way beyond what anybody could ever think
4: and you guys are still married today
3: yeah we're still married but he is still in prison um but our marriage is more of a like it's a loyalty it's a it's a stamp of loyalty you let him know you're not in this by yourself yeah. i would never turn my back on you because yeah. everything that you sacrificed no man on this earth would ever do that but my father he was yeah. gone so the only two men i knew <laughs> to always be there for me to always protect me were gone out of my life yeah. and i had to hold on to one well, and it. so at the end of the day I still take care of his lawyer fees. I still contact the lawyer. I still call him. I still go visit him. I still, well, he calls me. I still go visit him and I still keep that connection because at the end of the day, he's in a place, a cage, you know, and you need somebody. I can't give hope to this, to the world (laughs) if I can't give hope Hope to the person that has known me since I was a kid. So So. what
4: do, well, first of all, Chris, are you still there? Do you have any questions? We may have lost him. I'm, I'm still, here. Okay, do you have any questions? No, I, I'm, I'm just admiring enjoying the story. <laughs> <laughs> so I was gonna ask, like, I know you have to have somebody there. that's like, why are you still there? Mm-hmm. Even though he did the right thing, mm-hmm. you have to have that person in your ear. that's like, girl, I, right. I know it's another man out there. I know you. Whatever, whatever. Like, how are you handling that?
3: Because I mean, I know it gets tough. It does. Um, like, the people around me, I think they understand me enough to know that i have such a a strong mind yeah. and they definitely feel like oh brandy so many guys out here like come on let's go Do let's you. go yeah. no i have guy acquaintances i have got friends yeah. but i am my heart is where my heart is yeah. and no one can take that away from me no matter what they think or what they feel because no one feels what i feel yeah. right. and so yeah people tell me you know all the time because they don't understand it people are not in that position. So when you've never experienced that type of you know situation, there's no way that you can tell me exactly how I should handle something or how I should be uh, so I, I do not really be. pay attention to it.
0: Yes. For the people. God moves. Yeah. I was rolling around in my mind it occurred, what if God was to hurt Would I the same, would I still be running game on her? And what type of ways would I want her? Would I want her for a mind or a heavenly body? Could be out here bogus with someone so godly if I was with her. Would I still be wanting my ex? The lies, the greed, the weed, the sex. Wouldn't be ashamed to give a part of my check wearing a cross. I mean, the heart on my neck. Hurt, I would reflect on the streets of the side, ride with her. Cause I know for me, she died through good and bad. Like I'm I
4: couldn't be the this if you're in search of a great photographer in the DFW that can shoot any setting from an event, party, graduation, headshots, and more, look no further than Robert Poe Photography, where they capture the moment in every smile. Coming up next, Beba Shavery sticks around in the studio to talk whiskey badge and to be or not to be freaky. Right here, the reality is where filter becomes extinct.
3: I was never taught to have to, um, I just don't do anything you don't believe in. If any decision that I made, I wanted to be able to say I made it because I wanted to, not because I was forced into something. My mom and my grandmother and my dad and my great-grandparents always taught us to not follow the crowd. Mm -hmm. Stand on your own, even if you're standing by yourself. Stand on your own because when you get in trouble, it's not going to be anybody else there but you. Mm -hmm. And so if I ever made a decision or if I ever felt like, I didn't want to do anything. It was because of my own choosing. It wasn't right. being pressured into anything. So right. I think that rebellion started in, you know, when every kid is young, you right. rebel against parents, of course, and then you grow up and you're rebelling against, you know, any type of strategic approach people want you to take and you go against it. And right. so that was just a natural thing in me. But as I've gotten older, i have used I've used wisdom and knowledge and everything that I've um, experience in life has brought me to the point of where I can actually think about it in a bigger perspective
0: right 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 if you're just now tuning in we apologize we uh, we had a little minor technical difficulty what well, she was responding to as a question I asked about where her critical consciousness came from at such an early age to ask questions of religion to ask questions of things that people told her that didn't always sit well or that did not address her experience so um and then the one, <clears throat> excuse me one of the last questions I want to ask no, man, I know man I can't help it, it, it this is mucus is trying throat. to <laughs> I did find another gray hair uh last night so I anyway, ain't going to talk about that Um but you in your blog and earlier in our conversation you also talked about uh experiencing people of different ethnicities traveling and just experiencing different cultures um, so you seem to be a very cultured person with a broad perspective. Um, how has that? How has that made you who you are today? It's what role has that played in your life?
3: Every everything it allows me to be able to enter a room and not judge people based on what I think they may look like or appear to be. I'm actually into conversating with people. Right. You know, conversing, getting to know people. One of my best friends is she looks. Asian, right? right? But she's from Hawaii and she's mixed with Japanese and Native American. Right. And she comes from Hawaii is way more open, liberal, you know. She's not, she's very open person. Mm -hmm. Well, here's not so much like you don't, certain things you don't do, you don't talk about, you just don't, but she's not that but she's just so carefree and being friends with her has helped me evolve as a person because it's allowed me to not take myself so seriously you know we need to be able to laugh at Mm ourselves and understand that we don't know it all everything that you think you know you really don't know Mm -hmm. you have to really be able to dig deep and face the ugly truth about yourself Mm -hmm. and owning who you are being okay with who you are not settling and dumbing yourself down to make everyone else comfortable i'm not going to Make myself uncomfortable pleasing everybody else. Mm -hmm. I feel like in order for me to give you the best version of me, I have to be able to be me. If you don't like who I am, I'm going to always respect people. I'm going to always treat people the way I want to be treated. But at the same time, I'm not going to simmer who I am in in my light because it makes you offended i'm not going to do that like it doesn't benefit either of us because i'm not being honest with you and at the end of the day i can't look at myself in the mirror and say okay i'm myself i own myself and Mm -hmm. i'm happy with who i am flaws and all right well
2: i agree with that yeah i think that's a problem we have i think in society at large is i mean the people really don't they're not very purposeful and I guess getting to really immerse themselves in other cultures and get yeah. to meet other people. Like you said, I mean, I, I had a Hawaiian roommate when I was in the Air Force. And, like, I mean, their their whole, like, approach to life is so laid back, yeah. you know, and they're all about family and friends and mm-hmm. making sure everybody's good. Like, the you know, you can have the shirt off my back mm-hmm. mentality. And then, you know, getting to meet so many other types of people, I think it really, one, gives you, An empathy in that you can step inside somebody else's shoes because you've been able to see, you know, this other culture and kind of build a relationship with that culture through that person. I don't think we as a society in America, we don't do a very good job of that. I mean, even within the young black community that I would say that I'm kind of, I've kind of come into here in Dallas, it's not very much intermingling between races here as far as like the normal who I hang out with. And I'm just so used to that, that it's kind of been a culture shock to me to not, I guess, be around people that actively hang out with, you know, different races and cultures. So.
0: Right, right. Well, man, again, if y'all are just now tuning in, we've got B. Mashavery in, the, the Dallas Hope dealer. Tell the people, before we move on to the next topic, where they can follow you, Where where can they find your information? You know, what is your website?
3: I am on Instagram. I am B. Meshavary on Instagram. I am dot I'm on Twitter, B. Meshavary, and Facebook, B. Oh, right. and I am B. Meshavary.
4: Spell that B. Shavery because I know I had an issue with it all week. <laughs> and I was like, some people probably like, why don't they
2: just
3: tell it, what, spell it out? Because I, I spelled it with an S. So I was like, shit. No. <laughs> it's, it's B-M-I-C as in cat, H as in Harry, A-V- Harry cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can. I
4: just can't help it. That's okay. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! V as in
3: Victor, E R Y.
0: Okay. Awesome. All right. Awesome. <laughs> all right, y'all hit her up. <laughs> now we're stupid. gonna
4: we're gonna jump into. We wanted to have Beam Shaver in here to get the woman's perspective on it. So we're gonna do over under, and basically we're gonna be talking about. How the pros and cons we'll start with the pros of basically getting under someone else to get over someone else, and I'll run through the top uh, the bullet points real quick. Getting over a significant other by getting under someone else, sexually, emotionally, or otherwise, it's not mentally healthy. You have to allow yourself time to find yourself, you need to be alone to gain clarity of a situation. And it's really are you really getting over somebody, or is it really like a temporary breakup? Because you know, these days, somebody will be like, Oh, we're not together no more, and then a week or two later. They're back together or they're back dealing with that person. Um, Temporary sex can be beneficial. And if you're aware of why you're doing it and what you're looking for, the act can be beneficial. Mm -hmm. So I want to kick it off with the pros of the over-under. I'm guilty of doing it. Um, I know I dated a girl for like five or six years and afterwards – uh, shit, when I moved to Dallas I was like oh, I don't want my numbers to get over 10 girls well that shit went out the window <laughs> when, she, when, when, when she broke my heart I was just like I never <laughs> want to be in this situation again ever ever so it's like I literally went through a gauntlet of women because I was actually trying to make myself feel better and honestly I didn't want to think about her and what better way to not think about somebody than intimately or sexually being with someone else and the only thing about it is it's okay to do that until you really don't want to deal with them mm-hmm. and then you have sex with a girl and you wanted her to go but she wants to stay right. and you have to deal with that or a situation of when she is gone and you're by yourself and it, and, and that pain is still there.
0: You went through a gauntlet, dog? I went through a gauntlet. <laughs> a gauntlet. You know what? what you, when you said that, it made me think about Mitt Romney when he was talking about we got binders full of women. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, dog. <laughs> no, I mean, man, I think, I think it's a good point. I think sometimes... You know, depending on it especially I was in a I was in a kind of a bad relationship in college, which I didn't really understand how toxic it was while I was in it because I was in it. And I, you know, I was just madly in love with this girl. um. But then after, you know, breaking up and after looking back, you know, it was it was clearly a not a healthy relationship. And I guess in a way I kind of had what they would call a rebound after she and I broke up yeah. where I started dating this girl. We were just friends, you know, but it kind of grew into something and um but it 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 was good in that i had somebody that helped me through getting over this this last person um i think it was bad in that i had somebody that helped me get through that i didn't really get to sit in it and and didn't get to experience the healing so some of the things that i might have changed about myself after being in that relationship i didn't give myself time to work on you know i was so busy changing the object of my affection from one person to yeah, the right. next but it was helpful because i had the companionship i i didn't have to experience the kind of loneliness you know that kind of thing so yeah that i mean it i guess it can be good and bad but i don't know what do you think I, 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 oh, chris
2: i i think it's all about the reason right like why are you hopping into another relationship yeah i know in my experience for one i'll say hey Ain't nothing wrong with rebounding, man. Uh, my man, Dennis <laughs> Rodman, made 20. the Hall of Fame off of being a premier rebounder. So, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with rebounding. But I, I just know, kind of like Anthony said, I've been in situations where I got out of a relationship and went on a tear. You know, and, and you know, maybe it was like, I'm trying to find that love that, I'm, that I lost in all these different women. Or maybe it's just because I'm a young man, and that's just that is what it is, right? Yeah. But then, like, now that I'm older... It, I don't think necessarily getting out of a relationship and jumping into another one is necessarily a bad thing when you know who you are and you know the person that might be the the other female that you would want to jump into something with. Um, Because at this point, you kind of have a a pretty sophisticated idea on what you want in a woman. Mm -hmm. And when when you find it and when you see it, I mean, what's the point of waiting, you know? right To get over somebody, I think it's a little overblown. Maybe not, maybe so, but it's like uh, you know, you had that love and maybe taking some time to get over it, but at the end of the day it's like I mean, I think it's a I think it might be a little overblown in that, oh my gosh, you're just jumping into something else. It's like, well if you're happy and this was the person for you, then you know, do do what's best for you and what makes your heart happy.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about what you think, Brand?
3: I think people a lot of times when you've been hurt it. It's hard to deal with that hurt because you don't, you and a lot of times we don't even look at what we've done wrong right. in the relationship to cause it to go sour. And just understanding that not everybody is supposed to be here forever. So to avoid attachment or to avoid being connected to someone in an emotional sense, they just feel like the more people you deal with, the less connection you'll have and the less time you'll have to give to one person causing you to fall and be attached to them. So a lot of times it's just to avoid
0: right. being
3: hurt. Right. Um, sometimes it's just people just like sex, you know, and they just like to, you know, know that they still have it. I've, I've encountered a lot of people who say "Well, who say <laughs> they're in a relationship for a long time and they get, You get stagnant. You get bored. You know, not really understanding, especially when you're with someone who is not very sexual or who is not very experienced in that. Or very spontaneous men have low attention spans, but also women too. Right. And so sometimes you just want to know that you still have it. Like, do I still have what I had when I got him or Mm -hmm. got her? That's important. You know, it's just it's just all about doing what they want
0: to do. I'm it. so glad you said women, too. <laughs> right, we we talk about the whole gender-type stuff on oh, here yeah. a whole lot, and and women women get horny, too, yeah. just like men. And it's okay, society. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's I mean, everybody people can claim their sexual agency, and they should claim their sexual agency. So, I'm, yeah, I just, anyway. I think <laughs> the only negative part about the over- it's just, man, they
2: can't believe in wet spots the where they sit down. <laughs>
4: I just, I'm gonna skip back. Right, go, Chris. I just think with the over and under, I think it's okay to do it. I think it's okay to do it if you're prepared for it. Mm -hmm. A lot of women and men, but I I speak for women just being a man and having to deal with it. I've dated women who get out of a situation and they feel that they're ready. And women with them being more emotionally built and put together, I think you have to be careful with that because a lot of women may say, oh, I'm ready for it. And the guy could actually be ready and you're not ready and you're not even able to deliver or give him what he needs. Mm -hmm. And, And one thing about guys, and I can only speak for myself, when I give myself at the beginning, if we're not on the same page, you may get to that point where you want to give me more, but you can't because I've already checked out. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, like we've talked before, it's a a mismatch, right. tongue tied, right. but to where it's like she may be ready and to be able to give you everything that you need now. But because she didn't address her issues on her own and get clarity before that situation with guys, it's hard to kind of turn back that wheel. Right. And then at that point of turning back that wheel, it's just like traffic. If you go all the way down the road and it's a lot of traffic behind you and you try to turn around, you may be able to get back through it. But it's like a, a fire engine trying to get through uh, New York 5 o'clock traffic. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time right. before help is you know the help that's on the way gets there. Right. So I just think you have to really be honest about who you are, where you are. And if it's really a rebound, because rebound's okay, you know? And mm-hmm. in, in, in the black community, we, like you said earlier, we don't talk about being free to have sex. Right. And, you know, when men have sex, they're players and they get all these accolades and women are whores. Mm-hmm. no. I don't really care how many people you sleep with before you get to me. Just, you know, when you get to me if it's cut off, and make sure you're doing some kegels or kegel whatever it is. And keep that thing nice and tight. So when it gets to me, I can handle what I need to handle, but I could care less. I actually would prefer a woman who has a little bit of experience as opposed to a virgin mm-hmm. or a woman who's been with two people and she's still like a virgin. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it's a good thing as long as you are mentally prepared for it. A lot of people start things that they're not prepared for and I right. think that's when the issue causes because it's damaging to be damaged and get out of something right. because you can end up damaging the next person who may already be healed from something or never been hurt before.
0: Right. And I think that point is valid not just for people who are getting out of relationships and getting into new ones but for dating in general. Mm-hmm. Like you we you got to know yourself. Yeah. And if you if you never have time especially when you start approaching adult years um you know your 20s and and all of that you're going to be growing so much every year. You're going to be learning so much, evolving. Um, if people don't have time with themselves, time to get to know themselves, figure out what I like, what I don't like, how do I tick, what makes me mad, what, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. then you, I mean, it, it's unfair to be in a relationship with somebody and they're trying to get to know you while you're still trying to get to know you. And don't get me wrong, we'll never, we will never know ourselves completely because mm-hmm. we're always changing and growing. But I need to have a good sense of what I'm getting somebody else into, you know, just like if I was getting out of a relationship.
4: And it is a sense of being selfish to be. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of being selfish to know that you're not ready for something. Right. But still stay. It's a sense of being selfish to say, I think I can do this. If you're not ready, take a break.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and a lot of people fear doing that because they may, they may feel like that person may be off the market or whatever. Right. And maybe they will be. But you know what? You did them a favor. The best thing I can ever say, and this girl hurt me like crazy. It was before the one who first hurt me. But it was like she hurt me. But when she left, she left. When she knew she couldn't give me what I needed, she left. Mm -hmm. And she came back years later and tried to, you know, make amends to be together. But, you know, I was over it at that time. But I told her at that moment, I respect you for leaving. Right. Knowing that you didn't want to be here, knowing that you didn't have anything to give me at that point in time. Right. A lot of people try to hang through stuff and say, I can do it. No, if you can't, you Mm can't. Right. It doesn't make, you know, and and like I think Dan Savage said on on the Savage Lovecast, he was like, Successful relationships shouldn't be determined by how long you stay with the person.
0: Yes, sir. It should be. I
4: mean, you can have a one night stand, but shit, if if that girl taught you something, or if that nigga taught you how to suck dick better, then you (laughs) you, you came out of something with it. If the girl taught you how to, you know, go down, go downtown a little bit better, you got something out of it. Don't stick around past the expiration date.
0: And I think I think our generation's starting to learn that a little bit. I think. You know, we hear like grandparents and great-grandparents, and oh, we were together for 58 years. And uh and nigga
4: cheated like 20 times. Because <laughs> he wasn't she, satisfied. Yeah, right, or and it might have been abuse, or yeah. just,
0: or they might have hated, just flat-out hated yeah. each other. They yeah. might have grew apart. But, you know, people now are like, man, listen, mm-hmm. I'm not finna be miserable Holla. my whole life. I'm Gotta not go. finna cut years <laughs> off of my <laughs> This man get just right. did the running motion when he said that, too. And <laughs> get right out of there, man. I believe Jehovah Jireh, I believe there's
3: heaven, I believe in war, I believe a woman's temple, gives her the right to choose, but baby don't abhor, I believe that
0: marriage isn't between a man and woman, but between love and love, and I believe you when you say that you've lost all faith, but you must believe. Damn, v Steam. And
4: if you don't know the V-sting, it was basically where the vagina is being treated. It's like a sauna. But like a yeah. sauna
0: to get all the impurities out. I'm guessing it like tightens and and yeah and puts protein it's like a, it's like and, a pussy spot. It's like a protein shake for the vagina.
4: You
2: call it
4: a bee sting?
0: It's a beast. <laughs> this person a, a bee sting. Bee, a bee sting. <laughs>
4: It's a V steam,
0: like a V in Victor's steam, like V spe- as in vagina. Yeah, a vagina, steam. Yeah.
2: Oh, V, a V a seed.
0: Oh lord, I <laughs> uh, ain't yeah, in the studio.
4: Steam, like the steam that rises over, like a- hot
0: air.
2: Yeah. Oh, V steam.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh. They listen like that. Yeah. Oh. I
0: already asked Chris. You can't buy it from any stores. They <laughs> have to actually go to the spa to get the treatment.
4: <laughs> a V steam. Oh Lord. That sounds like a good <clears throat> thing. So whiskey badge. I'm gonna read over these topics, And I got this strictly uh directly from the internet. So if any lady wants to object, hey, take it over the internet. Whiskey badges it, it's where alcohol disables the vagina to receive stimulation for a climax. It causes numbness and it happens mostly for those who drink excessively as well for men. It sound like Chris having sex Chris, over there. Are you, you, bro- <laughs> 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 are you having sex Chris? <laughs>
2: yeah
4: what are you having sex <laughs> all we hear is you breathing at
2: the are you it's like you got a girl oh, over there uh, man uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, i was holding the phone close to my mouth
4: <laughs> all right so the next one it says started co- talking about that beef thing. yeah i know that's what i'm saying you start breathing <laughs> about like like you wouldn't got somebody Oof. real quick mm, <laughs> Uh, so the next one, he said, yeah, so they said the climax comes from brain stimulation and the alcohol interferes with that, causing your inhibitions to go to the wind. And the last thing you're doing is thinking or paying attention to actually having sex uh, when drinking. They said the drinking causes a vasocongestion, which is the swelling of the vaginal tissues, the vaginal tissues that make the vagina receptive to penetration, but decreases the chances of lubrication. So that just sounds all bad. Have any women in this studio experienced whiskey vag?
3: No, but I think a lot of it also has to do with what your what you consume. Like if yeah. you if you hydrate a lot, like mm-hmm. you drink a lot of water, you eat your pineapples and yeah. you know fruits and stuff. It it doesn't that doesn't happen to as, the extreme. So, yeah. You know you can't you shouldn't women should not drink as much. You know if you're not hydrating and right. you're not really taking care of your body inside because it all works together. So if you are just dehydrated inside and you drink a lot, then of course when you're drunk, it's going to be Sour, it's yeah. gonna be dry, and yeah. it ain't gonna. It's not gonna do what it's supposed to do. They and Anna, do it do? yeah, and Anna Breslow of
4: Cosmo magazine magazine said whiskey badge is like sliding a slim jim between two sheets of sandpaper. Oh my, my lord, that sounds like it's painful. You the a, only, I think the beneficial <laughs> thing though with women, I think women still kind of get it easy when it comes to sex. So whiskey badge it dries up. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, just all they gonna do is get uh, me. I would get some KY mm-hmm. or something, and just. Wet the thing up like oh, they doing the pornos and just go and slide right in that thing. <laughs> yeah, but you dude. can't do nothing you with, can't do whiskey, nothing with a whiskey dick. I mean, you can't, you can't, put can't a splinter you can't on it. <laughs> like well, Let's just go to. I work. mean, you can't do nothing. So it's like even with women, it's splint, like man. I, I still wouldn't want to be like a woman. You know, I know you guys deal and, and take on a lot of things, but it's like it's ways around a lot of stuff that y'all have to deal with sexually mm-hmm. for a man like i say when i mean like like an uh, orgasm for instance like you can probably have 2 or 3 mm-hmm. if a guy busts That's a true. nut he got to take a break yeah. he <laughs> need to build it up drink some water some milk yeah, he, and you man. know and if you and if you do bust a nut and it's still hard you got to get it in real quick right. but the second time
0: it's not you're even, bounce back is not exactly, you know what i'm saying I'm like, yeah. two
4: days to
0: bounce back <laughs> two days
4: <laughs> Yeah, I I just think, I mean, it's just easier for women. I mean, and and, and, and even in the aspect of like, and, you know, this is off topic, but still in the same realm. But, like, it's just like we had that conversation about, like, guys with small penises. Like, you can't do anything about it.
0: And she just shook her head like, shit, well, too but bad like, for him. Well, and, and this no. was when I was out of town, right? When I was in Missouri? Yeah. So y'all were talking about, and, and see, our, we had bad service, but you were saying something about a woman with a big butt, you know, and, and a guy with a oh, small. Yeah, with a small penis. It just don't work. <laughs> my cousin was like, man, see, but but see, what I learned was all you got to do is you got to lift up that booty meat. <laughs> But if she got,
4: like, Amber Rose booty meat, you going to have to have some meat yourself. You can lift up the booty meat, but if you got four inches, right. what you say, Chris? Geometry. It's, it's all, geometry. all geometry. It's all, geometry. Geometry. It's all just I gotta, angles. I guess and- you got to figure out the equation, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I just think with Amber Rose type of booty, bro, you just, I don't give a damn. If you got four or five inches, you just, you're not going to be able to deal with her. She going to back your ass down in the post.
0: <laughs> hey, but like like, like our girl Michelle said, it, it ain't necessarily about the length. It's Put maybe, it on the table. Maybe the girth. How much does it weigh? <laughs> well if
4: it's a short, well, it could be girth but if it's still short, it's still bad business. Oh, you gotta have a balance between the two.
0: It's all life is all about balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Well, you gotta have it. But whiskey badge, um, I, I just think I, I've never met a woman, you know, with it. Um I have been in you know, I've have had intimate situations with women with something that's similar, where it's just dry, period. And it's a bad experience. <laughs> It's an all bad experience, man. Just as bad as whiskey dick, I would (laughs) say. Just as bad. So the next topic we're going to move into is to be or not to be freaky. And it's basically we just want to discuss how do you handle a situation of a significant other that has a lower sex drive or not as much experience as you? How do you work through it? And is it a deal breaker? What if you've attempted to teach them and made it safe for them to explore with you and yet nothing happens? How do you deal with that? And this goes all the way back to UTA when we when Jacelyn was in office. You remember uh, in the oh, studio I I remember that that day. Chris, when uh <laughs> was there and she basically said if she loved him and he was a good guy but had a small penis or he wasn't good in bed, she would exhaust every option right. to I keep him that. and be there. And, you know, we were still kind of like, well, being sexually like not being sexually satisfied leads to so many things. Mm-hmm. So yes. I, I just don't. For me, I think, yeah, you got to, you know, if you care about them enough, to try to hey, work T, with them. Just real quick. Go one ahead. of those
2: things is chronic masturbation.
4: <laughs> it's not one show that goes by without masturbation being mentioned. Not one show goes by without masturbation being mentioned. <laughs> hey, man, I can't help it, man. <laughs> I can just see his face
0: over there too. I'm uh, just dying laughing red. But
4: <laughs> but it's one of those things like I feel like <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's one of those things to where it's like if you care about the person, yes, you you know, you work with them, you try to work it out because everybody's not the same. But I feel like at a period of time, what do you do?
3: It depends on how willingly they how willing are they to really learn and please you and if they know that these are some things that you need to be fulfilled, then it's up to them to decide if they're open enough, and then it's up to you if they're not to decide what you're gonna do from there. But it yeah. it's definitely a big deal, you know. If I'm if I have a high sex drive and you don't, okay, either I'm gonna have a membership at a sex store, and eventually that's gonna get old if i'm laying next to you every night and i'm not being satisfied. So i think it can definitely break up a relationship, yeah. but it just depends. Like i'm not going to just leave you because your sex drive isn't as right. high as mine, right. but we have to be both willing and open to to make it happen. Right. But what
4: if it never gets to that point for you?
3: Then i mean, it Cuz i mean even if you like
4: even for a guy you said you would go to have a membership at a sex store, like eventually when you're pleasing yourself so much, like we talked about last week with the guy who couldn't stop masturbating, like it becomes it, you start taking intimacy away from the relationship, mm-hmm. from yeah. the situation, yeah. mm-hmm. and then when you start focusing more on what's in front of you, whether it's a phone or laptop or a computer, you know, desktop. I mean, at that point, when you get tired of that, then what's next? The, the one, the actual woman is coming next. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's it's one of those things to where yes, it has to be addressed, but. I mean what if it never changes? Cuz some for some I've talked to so many people, especially and and a lot of men talk about women. Well, it's more women that talk about not being sexually satisfied because a lot of guys they normally just get in, they do them and then they're out. They don't worry about the woman. And and that's where the cheating starts and they may love that guy mm-hmm. and care about him and he may be a good provider, but bro, if you're not being sexually satisfied, it opens up so many things, man. And
0: that's yeah. the thing. I think it does. It it doesn't have to be a uh, a deal breaker it doesn't have to it doesn't e- automatically equal to all the relationship isn't gonna work but it does open up the door for other issues yeah. it creates other problems it you know it, it contributes to longings that this person might have like you were saying yeah. to trying to find that release um, in other in other ways, yeah. which takes away from the intimacy between the people in the relationship, and and that ultimately causes more problems and more problems and that kind of thing. But
4: I think it's just one of those things that you have to be you have to understand because you you can even be dating somebody, and I've heard stories of people dating somebody, and it's like they may be sexually on the same level, like the acts itself, but like you said, the drives are different. Right. To where sometimes a girl may give you head. More times than they're giving you vagina because they really aren't secure with themselves or they don't want to really deal with that directly. And it's like it's still cheating a person to me yeah. I feel like cuz I, I you know you when you get to that point to where you have to question like it, it starts you start asking questions yourself am I not good enough do you not want to do this are you being with somebody else right. and it's like when you're not being pleased or when they hone in on one thing to please you it's like yeah we got different sex drives but I'm the type of person even if we got different sex drives don't give it to me until you able to give. if it's once a week mm-hmm. or once every ten days just bring it when you bring it <laughs> but don't yeah. uh, change I me think, uh-huh. on a blow job or <laughs> Just laying there all the time <laughs> Fuck that shit
2: I think as men bro I think honestly We have unrealistic expectations Of women Sometimes I think you know What we're talking about Is like hey This girl's not like Open minded And she's not ready But at the end of the day If that's not your wife You can't really have That expectation That she's just gonna Give you everything Exactly. You know what I mean Like I, I And I understand From a woman's perspective It's like Well dang you know Like it, historically right A woman's virtue Is tied To her person. level of commitment Correct. To that man and while that might be archaic in today's world, to a certain extent, like, yeah, if I'm a woman and it's like, well, this guy ain't, you know, he we're not in a committed relationship, or we are boyfriend and girlfriend, but yeah. there's really not any moves towards us, you know, making this a, a lifelong thing, yeah, maybe you're not going to get a little, you're not going to get my ass, you know what I'm saying, maybe you're not going to get, you know, the extra, uh, uh, I'm not gonna get with the balls, you, you know. Whenever, you know, I'm on on the whenever they're on the head, whatever you call it. So it's like, you know, I think as men, I say that jokingly, but as men, like we have other expectations. So if we if we start dating a woman and she says, "Hey, I, I don't want to have sex until I'm married," then what? Right? Then it's like, oh well, well I'm gonna get it somewhere else. But if they tell me that
4: up front I'm cool with that If you up front with it And not going back and forth You have some people to go back and forth And I do agree with you Back and forth Yeah and I agree with you To a point Far as like saying That some women hold off Because they're like Well I want to give more When they're married I've had had that situation too This is what I feel about that Bullshit The reason I say that Is because if you already Having sex with me What the fuck are you saving (laughs) A new
0: position And and what I was going to say Was is that You know I agree I also agree to a point But I think the the problem in that in with thinking about it just that way exclusively is that the sexual the only sexual agents are men. So we assume that um, you know women are kind of saving themselves or tend to save themselves because before they give themselves more fully to this man, assuming that men don't want to give themselves fully to women, but also uh, assuming that women are not thinking about sex and yeah. are not you know yeah. are not out the, and I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm just saying sexual agency has to come from both people and um you know it's not it's the language we use and y'all know i'm big on the language the language we use is guys getting it from yeah you know as if as if sex belongs to the woman and is a possession exactly and not a shared experience and so i think both people as agents in that you know there might be woman there might be a, a, a man who is like you know i, I don't want to do this right away and she might be the one that's like you know I'm really ready to share this experience with you Um, and so I think yeah we I mean men and women are sexual agents and there's plenty of women out there Chris I know you would affirm that too um, that that you know exercise their sexual agency and I
4: agree with Chris though like like I say you know some people do hold out for more commitment for whatever the case may be but you have to be you have to like you said you have to be straight up and forward about what it is like I said, I was dating this girl who was, you know, we were having sex. And I literally went out and I bought three outfits for her to wear. She wore one. So after wearing one, I'm thinking, like, maybe in the next month it'll be another <laughs> one. And maybe later on, another one. And it never happened. And I was like, so, you know, we had an amazing night that night that you wore the outfit. Like, why is it not happening again? And she was like, well, I'm holding on. To, you know, I can't give you everything before I get married. <laughs> when, when, when you put my penis in your mouth, in your vagina... There's nothing else to hold on to, brother. <laughs> if you want to give me that, you got to give me that at the beginning. Man.
2: But, but from her perspective, right, from the woman's perspective, there's a certain level of intimacy that goes into dressing up and really playing into that whole thing. So I get it, like, okay. But sometimes it's like sex is just sex, right, for men and women yeah. sometimes. like Sometimes it's just like, hey, I don't want to masturbate right now, so I, and there it goes again, right? But, <laughs> hey, instead I'm going to have to. And it's it's not that much real thought or intimacy put into it, but when a woman gives that intimacy and says, and I I juxtapose it like that, Gary, from a woman, from men and women, just because just the nature of the beast, the reality is like intimacy to a woman is different than intimacy to a man. Like, of course, I mean, if a woman gives you that intimacy and you're really making love to that woman, and in her eyes, it's just like so much more goes into it. That emotional connection to you. Become so much stronger. Whereas a guy like me, I, I get it. We can make love, but still, it's like it's going to have to be more than that, you know, for me to be emotionally just totally uh, committed and involved. So, I guess from like a woman's perspective, I could, and who would have thought I'd be the woman's ally? You know? but, <laughs> but I agree. But I, I mean, I agree. Like, you know, there's a certain level, I think there's a level of intimacy that goes along with like dressing up and really like giving that guy all of you, you know?
0: Yeah. But do, are we still assuming, though, that women connect more emotionally through sex than men do? I do. I think so. See, i wanna, I push back on I'll that. Put, I do, too, bro. Because, and I'm going to say that because, Especially you Especially know, when I pass 30. Well, and we've, and exactly, and we've, and because of, there's a level of maturity exactly. also that comes with that. Yeah. So, you know, you might have a woman who has has cut off emo- intimacy, has has separated intimacy from sex. And you've got men that do the same thing. Yes, men tend to be the ones that do that more often, but that's a that's a res- a result of the way that we are con- constructed in this world. And men, we, I mean, we can get into a whole thing about yeah. that, but we're raised not to be we're em- we're raised to be emotionally constipated as men. Yeah. And when yeah. we get to a certain age and learn enough about ourselves, where we recognize that that's as a human being, yeah. I'm an emotional you know being, and I start to nurture that part of me then. Like you were saying, you get over 30 and you start recognizing you can't just be out here slaying, you know, you know meat everywhere and not having feelings and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's the same thing with women. So, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm resistant to those, those, like, biological, yeah. you know, separations. Yeah. There, there's some biological differences, but I think that emotional piece and that intimacy piece is more person-specific like than just, it is.
2: But yeah. I, I, I agree, but... You know, I could just speak on experience, right? Like, what's in my, like, sphere of influence? And it's like, most of the dudes I know, they can go, you know, they can go uh, have sex with multiple women in a week and literally not think twice about it. No, but that. the majority of, w- of women I know, they, if they have sex with multiple men in a week, like, emotionally, that's just going to have a much different effect on them. Yeah. Like, that's just a fact. But I think for men,
4: men, and I agree with what you're saying, I think for men it's a little different. Like, I don't know how old the guys you're talking about now, but I know for me, like 24 to like 29, 28, 28, 29, I was that dude that Chris just described. But now, I could have sex pretty much all the time. We all could. You know, it's like we all could, you know, once
2: every two days, like I said, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But you
4: you literally could do it all the time with multiple girls. But one thing I'll be honest, bro, as I got older and it's like if I cared about a girl, I begin to get to that point where it's like during sex or intimacy, I'm looking in the eyes or I'm yeah. like kissing her while I'm being intimate. Shit, when I was 26, pop, 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 out of there. I don't care if you got yours, don't worry about me. I got it, I'm out, hollering. Yeah,
0: the, no, the noise is what got yeah. me, pop, pop, pop. You
4: know, now I strive for her to at least get hers first or it's really all about right, her. Right. And that's because when yeah. you love that person, when you care about that person, you put so much into pleasing them. And right. that's why it kind of I, I kind of got on the part about to be or not to be freaky because as a man, when you're intimate, and you start to care about that person, and you're putting what you need to put into it. The girl I was talking about, I it was times where she would get hers, and I wouldn't get mine because it was things that I need. Because everybody are different on how about you know how they climax, right. and I wasn't getting what I needed. So when you're doing what you need to do as a man, me being 32 paying attention to the woman's body and making sure i please her right. not just by you know making her feel comfortable not be not by kissing her where she feels uncomfortable because you know women at a certain age they have kids so on and so forth you guys get whatever about your bodies because of stretch marks and first of all i
0: love stretch marks
4: yeah niggas ain't thinking about nothing the best <laughs> way i heard a dude say it was i was at a portrait thing one night and he said he said, "Basically, the stretch marks is God's writing on your belly mm-hmm. because what come, what what gave you that? Right. A child, right. which is a God's blessing. So most guys, when they naked and y'all, ain't nobody thinking about no stretch <laughs> marks, man. So that's first off. But I, like I said, I agree and disagree with Christian just in the aspect of we are, you know, at, at my age, at this age, you start when you love somebody, you're putting just as much emotion and intimacy into that situation, and that's what I- kind of keeps you." Grounded or faithful to that person, I think,
2: and I agree with you 100 percent on that. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. But I would say, I would say yes in, in the in the context of a relationship. Yeah, yes, that's true. But with, if you were not in a, oh relationship, yeah, no hell no. and you were just in these streets,
4: oh, yeah, if I was worried about with my woes,
2: you know, <laughs> and my, and my, my my emotions are really into this sexual experience. You still might try to get the girl hers, but you're not yeah. going to be like, no, I'm not oh, worried man, i just,
1: you know, you're
0: gonna, you're yeah. you're be, I told you. I wanna yeah,
4: what, what you gotta say, <laughs> B.
3: <laughs> Sorry,
0: we just went off on that tangent, you go right ahead.
3: I think I think for a woman, um, as far as emotional connections, the wound is a direct ex like it gives you so much access to a woman's spirit. So when a woman becomes emotionally connected a lot of times she's not even healed from the men she's dealt with before so she's looking for that fulfillment there but if you know yourself and you know as a woman yes we are emotional but men are as well they just show it in a different way and it's about knowing who you are it's about knowing myself if i know that when i have sex with you and I like you already without sex. And I know that if I have sex with you, it's going to take me onto another right. level. Then that's something as a woman you should decide to do or not to right, do. Right. And if you want to still go there and the man has been clear in where he is, then at that time, if I was on you, it's all right. about communicating in the beginning. Yeah. You can't start something and then... Things evolve, of course, and things change, of course. But it's about setting that standard and that tone at the beginning of the relationship. Is this going to be sex with benefits, or is this just going to be, you know, something that we're trying to build on? Is this something I just want to do because I've been drinking and yeah. I just, you just convenient? Mm, yes. Like, What exactly? You,
4: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing.
3: <laughs> what exactly is this? Right. And i think when you start a relationship or a situation anything like that with open communication then everything else flows you know better but when you just jump into something you're not really thinking about it and you know this person sleeps around with a lot of people you know he doesn't have a lot of attachments to any specific people then putting yourself as a woman in that situation that's all it falls (laughs) back on you so it's all about controlling what it is that we want because honestly women i think or more sexual and sensual than men. We just society has made it to where we cannot right, show that. Exactly. We can't just go out and say. And when you have some women who do, but
4: and I love it. <laughs> everybody be well, hating no, on no I love
2: it. Yeah. Well,
0: she claimed her sexual I, she, agency in it. public. Yeah. I love it.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, and sometimes you have Wait. to.
2: Right. Go ahead, Chris. It's interesting. Like, like right now, usually in relationships, the man is typically the more sexual for the reason you just said, like, I guess a lot of women might be more central to sexual. They just don't feel comfortable. But, you know, fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, and the role is totally flipped. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the women that, you know, we look at now that you might be like, oh, she's not freaky enough. In 20 years, it's like, well, she's going to be at a level that you can't even match.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have heard that.
0: (laughs) It's going sexual peak at like forty or you know around that time.
4: Yeah, uh, I ain't ashamed to pop a no blue pill. I had to pop it and keep up. It's <laughs> true. I pop hey, it. The don't
3: creep.
4: Hey, <laughs> them dogs gonna hunt around here.
3: What's <laughs> your noise? Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> <laughs> I think really?
0: as a society we need to do better about. Um, I mean, and and we are we're yeah. making progress, but we need to do better about recognizing the sexual agency in women and yeah. other forms of agency in women. But we also need to do better about... Of course, you're having
4: sex again. Right, right. right. <laughs> you're having sex again. We also need well, to... Y'all know my, y'all know, <laughs> y'all know my research
0: man, is... My, y'all know my research is in masculinity. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that's important. We need to do better about raising men, young men who are not emotionally bankrupt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To recognize that, you know, as human beings, everybody's emotional. But if you're taught from birth not to be... Well, and hell, you're going to have other problems because it's going to come out in other kinds of ways, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of things. So. And it's
4: okay for a man uh, to, to – I think it's okay. And and this is coming from a person who does – I don't show much emotion right at all. Right. I, and I don't have a blame. I, I'm not going to blame it on my father or anything. Like, he wasn't there. No, he wasn't. But like I always say, I used to hold that as a crutch right. for so long until one girl called me on my shit. And she was like, nigga, you 28. How long are you going to lean on? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Using that for something, you know, that right. you can't be emotionally tied to somebody because right. of that. And then I just owned it, and I was like, you know what? Jamie Foxx said it best. He's like, I'm just committed to not being committed right now. Right. And a lot of girls, they'll be like, so why are you single? Why are you not you know, married with kids? And i would be like, well, honestly, I'm honest enough with myself to say I'm not ready, and I'm not ready because, for one, the, the, I feel like a situation hasn't presented itself in the correct form mm-hmm. in its full capacity and on the same level, and like I always talk about, To go into a relationship, I feel like there has to be an understanding. I think Montana from the After Party Radio said it best at the panel at Life Chat. She said, if you're taking me off the market, Mm -hmm. you need to be everything that I need you to be. Mm -hmm. Not want you to be. You need to be everything I need you to be. If you're going to take me off the market to say you are mine and I'm yours, I need to be satisfied all the way around. Mm -hmm. And no, nobody's perfect. But you have to tap into the things that you are good at. I know I'm not good at being emotionally whatever. Women have complained about that for years. But one thing a woman will not complain about. I will show you time. I don't mind buying you things. I don't mind going out different places and traveling. I don't mind going to a park and doing picnics. I don't mind museums. Some dude be like, oh, it's boring. I don't mind doing all those boring things mm-hmm. because I know that I have to overcompensate somewhere else because I lack in the emotional department. I, I'm, it's only so long I want to hear about what the hell happened at work. Mm-hmm. You know. And <laughs> I'm the type of person, if somebody does you wrong and you come to me about it, the way I look at it, I'd be like, if they ain't there for you and they ain't your friend, fuck them. Keep it moving. And that's how I am. But everybody's not built that way. you that way? We good then. I'm
3: just like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And
4: that's how you have to be. And I'm not saying that everybody's going to be that way. But if I tell you that I'm not that way, don't try to change me. Accept me for that. Yeah. Right. And if somebody tells you that, that, and, and if you know that you are a certain way, you can't change yourself for somebody. Growth is good. Right. You can grow for somebody. Right. But you don't change yourself for somebody. Right.
3: I think the core of a person always should stay the same. Yeah. But the leaves of that person should continue to evolve.
4: Yeah, that's a good I don't one. Like, like when that.
3: people um, say, the, oh, you should just get over it. Because honestly, when you have issues from a childhood, you grow up and then whoever you're with ends up getting the man or the woman who still has issues from childhood. So yeah. then you become the person who is trying to, that person puts a face to whatever issue it was yeah. when they were young. Yep. And suddenly you're the blame, You're the blame. And you get everything from that. Like right. you get every... Feeling, emotion, everything. And I think it's important in order to be everything that you should be for somebody in a relationship, you should absolutely be everything to yourself first. Yeah. I can't give you any of me mm-hmm. if I'm not everything to me first. Yeah. And that comes with sexual everything. Right. You know, everything. sexual. The sexual part of a relationship is only... Like the equal, yeah. you know, for whatever else that you possess, it's right. not the whole thing, but it's like a reproduction of everything else that you're yeah. built up. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times, women and men—they are emotion. They women are emotional because we have attachment you know we we get clingy we get attached to things and we we feel love a lot of times daddy issues some girls don't have daddies they don't have even if it's not your father but they don't have that figure in their life to show them the love I never yearned to be you know I never needed man approval because I had that I had that from my father so I didn't need that from anyone else so what I demand is without saying, it's just I don't need you. I right. want you. Yeah. And there oh are God, but there time. are certain yeah. parts of you that may be beneficial to who I am as a woman right. but I don't need that to survive. No? And I think when we when we understand ourselves enough to own that then we're more confident yeah. and then that person that man is going to he's going to like that about you Absolutely. he's going to attract himself to you and he's going to do whatever it is every woman brings something different yeah. out of a man right. you may have been a sucky man to another woman and you get this woman you give her everything yeah. that you didn't give yeah. this one. Right. it don't have anything to do with sometimes it's not even your growth, your growth it's yeah. that this woman has brought something out of you yeah. that you didn't have or that you didn't see in yourself it right. speaking me, to the inner king in you
4: bring you it know? out of me going
0: so, to preach I didn't know
4: i was emotional too, man i'm about to put myself on blast i i didn't know i was emotional bro i was driving home from work this week probably on tuesday yeah. i was listening to tank and it was just like back to back to back <laughs> and then he that song i can't
0: make you love me yeah
4: and the tip rolled down my face i was like mm, mm, yeah Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. i had to straighten up like yep.
0: what the hell i'm crying in the car by myself yep what the hell going even that on? and even that reaction speaks to yeah. the fact that men we, we can't yeah. feel like it's we can't be to- i was at home yeah. one time i think i was I watched a little video or something on, uh, it was like one of them little, you know, I tried not to watch them videos, oh, yeah,
4: bro, man, but it wasn't hi.
0: supposed to be like that, but it caught me and I was like, <clears throat> yeah. man, I actually, literally, yeah. I was at home by myself. Yeah. I said out loud, man up.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's know? like it gets you, man, right. because you, you are used to that, man. Yeah. You are, and it, it just it just kind of catches you off guard, man.
2: It catches you off guard. Man, Go ahead, Chris. I, ta- speaking of male emotions, bro, I'm a pretty emotional guy myself. And uh I went probably I, I don't know, ten years without crying. Yeah. And I I cried for the first time. I was watching Toy Story Three, bro. Oh. And uh Shit, and he wasn't was not Aladdin you was know, Toy Story it was, Three. Right. Hey but so <laughs> No, but there was a scene when the guy was going off to college, he was putting his toys away and it just took me back to when like I was leaving for Air Force Academy. Yeah. And like you know, it took me back to how I felt. And then after that, man, I'm, I, I mean, I'm crying during Avatar. I cry during Hunger Games. I oh, just broke down that barrier. I
0: cry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
2: cry, I cry if I see one of the PSBN like stories or yeah. a commercial. I'm like, man, like you said, Gary, man up.
0: Uh. But see, but you know I go, what, man? that's best. I, go
2: eat, I go eat beef jerky immediately after
0: that. <laughs> eat some beef jerky, some steak, <laughs> and a crush a beer can over <laughs> your head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we
4: got about we got a few minutes left uh, before the show comes to an end and we wanted to do special thanks man and we want to thank you B. for coming out um you can check her out again like she said be Shavery on twitter instagram and her website, com. Be sure to check her out. We also want to give thanks out to Artesio Swindle, our administrative consultant, for helping us out, putting this all together, interacting with B. Mashavery's team to make this happen. We also want to give thanks to Brian Fuller, our audio engineer. Every show that you've been hearing as of late, he is the one that's programming that and editing it and putting it together. And most of all, our listeners. We appreciate you. Like we always say, if you can't listen to us live, hit us up on iTunes at The Reality Is. That's T-H-A. If you have topics or things you want to talk about or leave us an audio message, you can do that at info at com. Also, July 25th, save the date. Yes. We have The Reality Is live at Absinthe Lounge Lounge in Dallas. We'll be there from 6 to 10. And we'll be talking about, and if you want, send in any kind of topic that you want to talk about, we'll pick the top three and we'll discuss those that day. Um, you get in, it's $10 at the door. Well, actually, it's not at the door. It's $10 online. So go online um, to therealityis.com, purchase a ticket, or you can go to the Facebook page, save the date, purchase your ticket through Eventbrite. We may have about 45 to 50 tickets left. So you may got, You guys may want to go ahead and get your spot. It's only $10. It's going to be a live DJ we're going to do the hosting of a show. Whatever you heard today, we're going to do that live. We're going to interact with the crowd. We're going to have appetizers. So that's paid for. All you have to do is get you a few drinks. And we're even getting those at a good price. So be sure to come out again, July 25th, Absent Lounge, The Reality Is. Possible topics for next week. You can hit us up at info at the reality. I mean, uh, yeah, info at the dot com. We're going to talk about why are black men dating white women? What's pushing black men? to date white women.
0: Dog, there was an article I read uh, my sister sent to me a couple <laughs> days start ago. moving in chair. <laughs> <laughs> a couple days ago, this white lady uh, tried, to, it, to, tried to describe to black women mm-hmm. why black men were dating they white ate women. Lunch, didn't they? Well, a black man responded. Okay. And it was off the chain. So we'll have to bring that because basically she, I mean, she was trying to go in on black women. First of all, I don't agree that black men, it's a fact that just black men just tend to date. But it does happen. Yeah, it does happen. But man, this white lady who stepped out of bounds and this black dude came back and just was like, oh my God. So anyway. So along with that, why are
4: black men dating white women? We're (laughs) going to do 10 reasons to date a white woman and 10 reasons to date a black woman. You guys tune in next week at 1 o'clock. We'll be here, hit us up Hope you guys enjoyed the show And we're I think all the uh, hosts here at the reality is Have dated white girls But uh, I think we'll agree that it ain't nothing like a sister Yeah It's a solo